if you can reshape that narrative from the media to be more mindful, to be more respectful of each other and the planet, to be less consumption oriented, then you can really make a huge impact because people aren't happy with the current narrative. People feel stressed. People feel disempowered. What can we learn from the modeling industry and the fashion industry to help us accelerate our progress towards a healthier future? How does the role of privilege tie into conversations around zero waste and sustainable living? And how can we be more mindful of this so that we're not just improving our own lives independently, but also helping to improve the system itself that can then make it easier and more accessible for everybody to live better as well? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. To check out our limited 2019 Green Dreamer planners created to holistically support all that you do this year, just head to greendreamer.com. Your purchase will also support the planting of 50 trees and the continued production of Green Dreamer. So thank you so much if you get to find something that you love. More on this later, along with a discount code just for you. But for now, on to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is a New York-based model, content creator, social media expert, and environmental advocate. She spent the past decade working as a fashion model in countries all over the world and now uses her unique perspective from within the fashion industry to encourage mindful, sustainable living in fresh, accessible ways. In 2015, she started her blog Model for Green Living, which seeks to reshape the way people view the environment and their role protecting it, and she really promotes this holistic way of looking at sustainability, promoting a body, mind, and planet positive example for her followers. It really wasn't until the rise of blogging and social media, which democratized media influence, when I feel like personally at least, that I've started to see a lot more models prominently and boldly using their influence, speaking out and standing up for particular social and environmental causes. And our guest today has really helped to lead the way alongside her fellow model activists in doing so as well, so I'm really excited for you to get inspired by her actions and her vision. Green Dreamer starting off with what inspired her passion for nature— Here's Renee Elizabeth Peters. I really fell in love with animals and the environment when I was four years old. My parents took me to a zoo when I was really little before I can even remember. And I was so excited about all of the animals. So for my fourth birthday party, they decided to throw my party at the zoo. Oh. And it was just so much fun. And to this day, I remember it. And I feel like that really set up my love for animals. And then in second grade, my school started a Girl Scout group. And my parents let me sign up for that. And then I was a Girl Scout from second grade all the way through my senior year in high school. We would go camping learn how to start a fire and how to be a responsible camper. And one of the mottos that stuck with me my whole life from that is leave the place better than you found it. 
that's such an important message for people to learn. And I feel like that's what sustainability is for me in general now is really living my life in a way that doesn't leave a negative footprint on the planet, that I actually leave a positive footprint on the planet after I'm gone. So today you are a model activist, content creator, social media expert, and environmental expert. How did this modeling piece come into this picture? Yeah, so I actually got scouted when I was 19, and I was already in university studying uh, animal biology. That was my major. I knew that I wanted to work somehow in the environmental realm, and I love animals so much. So I was thinking of being a conservationist or a zoologist, and I got scouted by my mother agency in Nashville, thought that it was a really unique opportunity to travel, and I ended up signing with Wilhelmina in New York, love New York City, and ended up going to New Zealand and Australia, and Hong Kong, Paris, London, and Milan, and, and Athens, and then ended up back in New York. And during my travels, I really had a wonderful opportunity to see how other countries live. New Zealand in particular is extremely environmentally focused. And it was a great opportunity for me to see how other countries have things better figured out than the United States. I felt this pull in me as I was modeling to somehow meld my professional career as a model and my passion as an environmentalist. And I think in 2015, True Cost came out, the documentary. It was a huge eye-opener for me about how destructive the fashion industry is. And instead of feeling really catastrophic in my world and detrimental, it actually really gave me a sense of hope of a way that I could combine my passions for the environment and my day job. Because if the fashion industry is extremely polluting, I think it's now the fifth polluting industry in the world. If I could use my foot in the door as a fashion person and try to make it better from the inside, then I could actually use my passion to do something good for a really harmful industry. And so um, after seeing the movie True Cost, I decided to start my blog, Model for Green Living, and share just how I was trying to live a more sustainably-minded life in the fashion industry with other people. That kind of spearheaded this journey as a model activist for me. How prevalent do you think it is to have this thought process as you have? So to be wanting to be an activist from the inside of the industry? I think that there's this real undercurrent in our society today where people are feeling the destruction of the planet. They're feeling the disconnect from their day-to-day lives and how humanity has always been. And there's this real yearning to somehow use what they're doing in their daily lives to actually reconnect with mother nature, actually, instead of doing things that are harming it, doing things that are better for it. And not only for nature, but for humanity as a whole. I think that me stepping out and being courageous and following my passion and not completely leaving fashion behind is really inspiring for other people because it gives them the courage to see, oh, she's she's doing this and she's not 
nosediving, you know, she's doing this and is actually really happy and is making a difference. And I think it just takes more people taking the courage um, to make that leap of faith, going after what they want, and then more and more people will feel comfortable jumping on. So to begin with, why do you think it wasn't as common for models to really come out and stand strongly for some sort of cause? I think that modeling has really thrived in the past from models not having a voice where they're viewed as a beautiful woman, but we don't really hear their stories. That's a scary thing, especially when most models are younger women. I think most girls start when they're 15. And then by the time they're 25, their careers have kind of ended unless you're a supermodel. I think that it's just scary when you're young. You want, you have things that you want to say, but you don't see your peers doing it. And for the 20 years that modeling has been so big in the media, it just hasn't been done. And so I think, I think the real change has been you see really big models like Cameron Russell using their social media for good and having that platform and using it to express themselves so that girls like me really feel like it's okay and that it's actually a really beneficial, powerful tool. Mm. I think it's just, it's new. And anytime that there's anything new, it's scary. But I also feel like it's extremely powerful because models have such a unique access to media that no other people have. And when we can leverage that access to talk to editors, to talk to content creators, to use our already massive following to reach people, it's something that is unprecedented and really powerful. So it sounds like just having other role models within this space start uh, voicing what they believed in and standing for certain, whether it's body positivity or social environmental issues that empowered you to step out as well to do this. And in turn, you're also creating a ripple effect into the rest of the industry. Is that, do you feel like that's happening right now? Yeah, I really do. I, it's so inspiring because I get so many messages from girls that have been wanting to use their voice not only models, but actresses and dancers or athletes and seeing how the model activist group is really encouraging that has also encouraged them to use their voice. I think that once we show that it's an open community and that we're helpful and that we want other people to participate, that gives them strength and support. And I know that it's helped me in ways that I can't even express along my journey. And so I think that the more that we can promote this support and activism in the fashion industry and the media industry as a whole, the more that we will see it snowball. So again, this whole model activism, it's still quite new at this point. What do you think has been your greatest personal struggle uh, working within the modeling industry while having this uh, new focus, so really strongly championing mind, body, and earth positivity? I think that the biggest struggle for me has just been losing inspiration with fashion because I feel like being a model is such a strong platform and it's such a great way to reach people that aren't necessarily in the sustainable living realm. 
but at the same time, whenever I'm modeling, I'm just not inspired anymore. And so I think that it's hard for me to continue doing something that doesn't fill me up with joy every day and then continuing to use that to reach people. Mm -hmm. And so I found a really nice segue where I can use media in general and social media and marketing and advertising to actually reach people in that way and kind of take a step from in front of the camera and move a bit behind the camera just because that's what's really lighting me up right now. And I feel like so many times people get discouraged because they feel like they can't pivot and they can't go a different direction because they've already made a name for themselves Mm. in a realm that's different. But for me, I feel like if you continue following something that doesn't light you up inside, that's not inspiring to you, then that platform will eventually dwindle. It's about being honest with yourself and choosing to step towards what inspires you. So right now, I've been doing social media for the Rainforest Alliance, really using my skills at reaching a broader audience that's not necessarily in environmentally minded and using that knowledge of how to connect with those people to help this organization that's doing amazing things for conservation. That is lighting me up. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. (laughs) I hear it for sure. What about stepping into this media space excites you most? I think that as someone who struggled with body dysmorphia and the way that media makes you feel as a woman, just being behind camera, behind the camera on the other side just gives me a sense of ease as a woman because I don't have to worry about how I look or wearing the coolest, latest trend or, you know, I just turned 30 and I don't have to worry about comparing myself to a 15-year-old model anymore. I think just on the real, like that's something that's a huge weight off my shoulders. But not only that, it's feeling like I'm actually contributing to something that I've always wanted to do because fashion was something that was a gift for me in my early 20s. It was a great experience and a way to see the world that I never would have had otherwise, but it was never my passion. And so using media to actually reach people about what's happening in the world, about these amazing organizations that are on the ground making a difference in the environment. That's really inspiring to me because I feel like I'm back to my four-year-old girl at the zoo, right? (laughs) Being open to this world of inspiration and beauty and light that I wasn't in for 10 years as a model. And because you are so aware of the negative impacts that can stem from media, this can also empower you to want to reshape that narrative so it has a more positive impact on the younger generations and just people in general. Exactly. I don't know if you have seen the story of stuff, but I just rewatched it and it's a little outdated, but it's this great example of the planned obsolescence in our current system as far as consuming fashion, consuming anything really. And I feel like a huge part of the success behind that is the way that media portrays what people need to be happy, what people Mm -hmm. need to be relevant, what people need to feel a part of the bigger community. 
And if you can reshape that narrative from the media to be more mindful, to be more respectful of each other and the planet, to be more community driven, to be less consumption oriented, then you can really make a huge impact because people aren't happy with the current narrative. People feel stressed. People feel disempowered. That's creating a system where they feel like they need to buy, but it's it's only benefiting the people at the top that are profiting off of it. It's not actually making them more happy. So I feel like it's a great way to not only empower corporations that are doing the right thing to get their message out there, but also to make people more happy in their daily lives. And what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned from your modeling career that you feel like we can really use to really support this message and have this go in a healthier direction? So I think that the most important thing that I've learned from modeling is just that the reason why people are so excited about fashion is because it's fun, it's exciting, and it's beautiful. And I think that in order for sustainable brands, for environmentally conscious companies for nonprofits to really reach people, they have to reach the heart of their consumers in that same way. They have to reach the part of people that wants to have fun, that wants to be happy, that wants to see something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And if they can use that lighthearted approach rather than this tactic that has been used and was very important in the past with activism, rather than making people feel guilty and making people see the destruction, actually seeing the possibilities of a better future, focusing on the things that people can do and the ways that people can be active and use that that cool image from fashion to have people want to be a part of it because nobody wants to be a part of something that makes them feel horrible every day. Today, you focus on mind, body, and planet positivity. So there's a very intentional reason why you do want to put a positive spin on these things. Yeah, and I think there's a holistic approach because it's not only about being planet positive. You also have to look out for yourself, for your own body, for your mind, and make sure that you are taking care of yourself enough so that you don't get burnt out as an activist and so that you don't get burnt out as someone who's doing so much that your mind starts to struggle, that you start to feel depressed and overwhelmed. And so that your body doesn't give out, like you've been doing so many marches and rallies that you don't even get enough sleep. And so I think that to be a really powerful, powerful person in this field, you have to take a holistic approach that's positive in all aspects. I feel like what you mentioned is definitely very relatable in that I feel like a lot of activists are so passionate about the causes they stand for that they do forget about taking good care of themselves. Um, so what would your biggest piece of guidance be for somebody who is feeling burnt out and consumed by all of these issues that we have to deal with today? So I have three really fundamental things in my life that have helped me a lot. And the first is to stop consuming so much news and media in general, because it will overwhelm you. And the things that are really important, you will learn from your community and you will not be in the dark. I promise you, you will not not know what's going on, <laughs> but you will not be so overwhelmed with all of the 
the scare tactics in the media that are just meant to get you pumped up so you read them. Um, the second thing is yoga for me, but I know not everyone has a yoga practice. So if you could in some way incorporate breath work into your life, there's all kinds of apps and YouTube videos where people can for free guide you through a breathwork exercise. And in fact, I did one before this interview because it always helps me center myself and not be so anxious. I'm definitely a person that has anxiety and breathwork and yoga really help me. But also walking is a great form of active meditation. So you don't have to be a guru. You don't have to be able to sit in silence for 30 minutes every day. Just doing something that's passive that gets your mind to quiet down and breathe is paramount. And then the third thing is really being selective with who I surround myself with. So being a part of the ethical writers and creatives is so important for me because I can share the things that I'm passionate about and get moral support on the things that I'm feeling bad about. I'm also a part of a woman's group where we connect every week on the phone and talk about ways that we are wonderful just as being women and empowering each other. And then also in my most intimate relationships, like with my boyfriend, he's very supportive and very encouraging and is also a Reiki and meditation guide. So that's a huge plus. (laughs) And then with my family, just making sure that I connect with them and don't lose touch of just, you know, where I came from and being able to be a little girl still, because I feel like so many people, you know, as a 30 year old and older, feel like, oh, I'm an adult and I should have things so figured out. But don't forget that you can talk to your parents and still get that nurturing that we all still need. So in a world that seems on the surface very connected, because we all have, or most of us have social media these days that connects us, a lot of people I feel like definitely still deal with loneliness and feeling disconnected in spite of the connection. So being a part of communities of supportive Uh, social networks that can really support us to keep going. Supportive and like-minded and also that push you to be better because there's nothing worse than being the smartest person in your group because you will not excel. You always want to surround yourself with people that are doing bigger and better things that have more experience than you and that are also in the same realm that you want to be in. Well, the final thing I want to touch on with you is your article called The Truth Behind Zero Waste, The Good, the Bad, and the Privilege, in which you acknowledge the difficulty of being 100% zero waste. Can you talk a little bit about how privilege ties into a zero waste lifestyle in your discussion? Yeah, thank you so much for bringing this up because I feel like this is a discussion that needs to happen more in the sustainable living realm in general. There's a huge amount of privilege that goes into the Instagrammable, sustainable life Mm. that not a lot of people talk about. And this was a great way for me to showcase just one of the issues in sustainability that I feel like privilege doesn't get discussed enough in. So for a month, I decided to really go gung-ho and eliminate all single-use waste from my life. I didn't go at this in a way that was zero to 100 Like I've already cut out a lot of things in my life. And I think 
some people might criticize my method and say that, well, you actually didn't do it slow enough. So this isn't really realistic. And actually I did take my time. And then this month was the intensive experiment to see how possible it is. And it was extremely difficult. There are definitely things that are very easy. And on my blog, I list five or six things that are very easy for everyone to cut out of their life, no matter what socioeconomic background you come from. But there were things that are very difficult to avoid that all come from upstream. This is where I feel like you, in order to have the time to navigate buying everything zero waste, you have to have a lot of time on your hands. Mm. And that in turn means that you have a lot of privilege because you have enough money that you are not working all the time just to make ends meet. So time equals money. And if you are privileged enough to have all of that time to reduce your waste to zero, that there might be other ways that you could better spend that time to help people as a whole. Because Just because your bubble is completely sustainable, yes, you might save hundreds of thousands of things from going into the landfill, and that is fantastic, but it doesn't doesn't disrupt the system as a whole that has caused us all to be so drenched in waste. And I think that if we have the privilege to have this time, we should be championing for things like a circular economy. We should be going to our legislators and we should be going to the biggest companies in the world and demanding that we have extended producer responsibility, for example, because companies are the ones that are creating all of this waste and they're not responsible for how it is taken care of in the end. They just create it and create it and create it. And then consumers are made to feel guilty because they're not zero waste enough. They're not quote unquote, clean enough. And I just think that it's a way for the government and corporations to put the blame again on the consumer where it's actually their problem. What do you think are the dangers of, because I hear this a lot, people who maybe have achieved a very zero waste lifestyle or feel that they are doing a lot of things more sustainably than other people, people saying, if I can do it, you can do it too. Do you think this is kind of a distraction? So instead of focusing on guilting other people to living more sustainably, we should be focusing on, we should be focusing our efforts on the system itself. Yeah, I think as influencers, we should be sending out an encouraging and truthful message. There's enough guilt out there that's given to us, like I said, by all of the media that tells us, well, you should recycle more and you should be unplugging your outlets and you should be retrofitting your home in solar, there's enough guilt and pressure put on us by everyone else that I think that when you're an influencer and you are doing good, you should just be using that in a way that is honest and and makes people feel like they can make a difference in their daily lives, but also telling them how hard it is really and helping them along the way. Because There's a fine line between portraying this lifestyle as easy and fun and also being realistic about how difficult it can be so that everyone can be included in the conversation. 
yeah, there are a lot of ways that we can all do better. And I think that we should be encouraging that in our conversations with our followers. If you do have privilege, there are ways that you can use that to have a a lesser footprint. And that's great. But I think that it disencourages people who are not privileged to feel like they can be a part of the conversation, to feel like we are looking down on them. And that is not the case. We need everyone to feel like this is their movement because we are not against each other. We are together. And I want my people in Red Hook, where I live in Brooklyn, to have the same access to recycling and composting and healthy stores as the people just across the highway in Park Slope have. And there is nothing that I can do by being zero waste that will help them get that. It's only empowering my life to be better. It's only getting me more followers. So this has to be something that we look at as holistic and community-based because let's be real, like if you are... If you have 150,000 followers and you are zero waste and you're getting flown around the world and have this great lifestyle, who are you really helping? Yes, you're helping you're helping your followers be more sustainable and be inspired, but it's not actually making the system better as a whole. What do you think we as individuals can do to help conversations around sustainability be more inclusive so then more people can hop on board? Well, I think any time that we're having these conversations, we need to be sure to include the voices of other demographics. I'm constantly sharing things on my social media from people that have completely different backgrounds from me, completely different opinions, non-vegans, non-voters, non, you know, just people from a different perspective than mine, because I can never put myself in their shoes, but I can help promote their message. And I think when we're having events, we need to make sure that there are all different people represented at these events, like all different people invited. Everyone needs to have a seat at the table. It's important to highlight people that are doing great things that are not necessarily Instagram stars or not necessarily, you know, celebrities and really giving a voice to them because it's a lot harder for them to get access to media than it is for people like myself, people with huge media followings. And they're doing really important work and they have important things to say. And what do you think we can do to support systemic change to then make it easier for everybody to live more sustainably? I think the easiest thing for everyone to do is to vote. And it was really inspiring in New York, at least, to see two-hour lines at the polls for the midterms in November. I think that that is the easiest, best way to get changes to happen for everyone. Because if you vote for someone that believes in climate change, if you vote for someone that believes in extended producer responsibility, then that will have ripple effects for everyone in your community. And then also to just, you know, send letters to companies that you feel like need to do better that are not being inclusive, call them out, send them letters, ask them to do better and be kind of a little a thorn in their side. So they listen to you because not everyone has the time to do that. And that's a great way for you to try to make things better. Well, I feel like we already covered so much, but what final thoughts do you have on what we need most today to work towards a thriving planet? 
I think the thing that people really need to do the most of is just listen to their heart. Take a second and listen. Be quiet. Once you connect to your heart, what inspires you? If you connect to what inspires you, don't be afraid to go for it. And actually realize that your unique background even if it's completely unrelated to what inspires you, actually sets you up for a really wonderful career as an activist, as a person in general. Because I always was so confused about how being a model could actually relate to my passion of sustainability. But that is actually a completely unique position that I have now to go forth into the world and do something different that no one else has. And so instead of listening to your intuition and feeling afraid that you're not on the right path to follow it, actually recognize that you are unique and that is perfect. And that is actually so much more powerful than if you were just going with the status quo. Well, we look forward to uh, following your journey and continually learning from you. So what's next for you in 2019 and where can we follow you online? So you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I do the most work at Peters, and my website www.model4greenliving.com You should see me doing more for the Rainforest Alliance as far as their social media and their consumer activations, as well as working for other nonprofits and brands, helping them with their media as well as I'm sure doing more public speaking and events and also modeling for sustainable brands. Before we go into our final five, I wanted to give you a discount code in case you're interested in our 2019 Green Dreamer Planners. They feature our major Earth Awareness Days, 101 self-care reminders, gratitude lists, weekly simple suggested actions to take and cross off, minimalist weekly and monthly pages, extra bullet journal pages, and more. And again, each planner contributes to the planting of 50 trees through international nonprofit Eden Reforestation Projects. If this sounds like it'd be helpful to you and you want to support Reforestation and Green Dreamer Podcast, just head to greendreamer.com slash planners and use the discount code greendreamer for 10% off. Again, that's greendreamer.com slash planners and discount code greendreamer. For now, on to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow? I have really been loving Revelatory lately. It's at R-E-V-E-L-A-T-O-R-I. And she does so many beautiful, little, cute, simple illustrations that encourage mindfulness and just give a, a really good picture of what it's like to be a human. Every day she posts these cute illustrations and they're just really uplifting. And I feel like everyone could use that on their social feed. Uh, what do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? Little by little, a little bit becomes a lot. Every small action is not small because when you take a look back five years from now, all of those little actions will be something much bigger. What's one thing you do for your health, either daily or weekly? Like I said, yoga. Yoga every other day. It's such a joy to connect to my body in that way and really just keeps me sane in New York City. <laughs> uh, what's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? 
leaving the fashion industry for something that is completely different, but is actually really beneficial for the world. And that is using content creation and social media and my unique perspective from the fashion industry to help sustainable organizations, helping them reach more people. What makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? I think companies stepping up when the United States as a whole is not and saying that they are doing things for the planet in a better way. And not only saying that, but actually following through with it. And then, like I said, the voter turnout in November and the fact that we got the House back under Democratic control. So now we at least have some checks and balances on the administration that shall not be named. Mm -hmm. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as Green Dreamers? Uh, Listen to your heart and go for what you want. You got it. Listen to your heart and go for what you want. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable takeaways from this interview and the full show notes with links and resources at greendreamer.com slash 108 for episode 108. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And you can find me on Instagram at Kamea Shane, as well as on our new account at Green Dreamer Podcast. Finally, as we're wrapping up, just remember, now more than ever, Our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.